are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This tournament season, folks, take care of your baskets and balls with the best tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsors, Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with the Manscaped Performance Package to keep all your hair and holes tamed. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today with 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com and use promo code LOCKEDONNCAA for our exclusive offer. Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDONNCAA at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code LOCKEDONNCAA. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Folks, it is amazing that we've made it here to March Madness, and SEC tournament is officially underway. And we have some crazy stuff going on with Jeff Long, (laughs) uh, which we haven't had a chance to discuss. But I can't wait to discuss it because, let's be honest, it's going to be pretty phenomenal. And uh, we're going to do that with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here in just a little bit. But about Arkansas and about the the SEC tournament right now, there are some good things going on. Obviously, Kentucky losing and their season officially coming to an end has been awesome. They lost to Mississippi State today. And uh, I saw a stat that Kentucky – paid John Calipari a million dollars per win this year uh, just basing off the contract and the lack of success so that's fun that's pretty awesome Uh, but specifically about Arkansas though they will be facing the winner of Georgia and Missouri and it's going to be interesting I guess here and at the the recording of this podcast we don't know who they're going to be playing just yet but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see I think it's probably going to be Missouri I hope it's I hope it's Georgia but I think it'll be Missouri Um, but as far as Arkansas goes we got we know that Jalen Williams is an interesting storyline because we don't know if he's going to play. I have heard that he will not be available for the NCAA or the SEC tournament. He should be available for the NCAA tournament, but I hear that he may not be available for the SEC tournament. That's not confirmed. That's just uh, somebody that told me that I trust and a source or sauce I trust. And I guess we'll find out here tomorrow whether or not that's the actual case, but still pretty, uh, pretty sucky that he's not going to be involved but luckily for Arkansas and luckily for everything that they've done this year it shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things as far as the expectation that they have well they need Jalen Williams to win the SEC championship game probably so but to win this game against Missouri or Georgia or even to win the next game I don't think you have to have him it'd be nice but I don't think you have to have him and it just shows, again, the phenomenal job by Eric Musselman and this coaching staff of what they've been able to do to get these guys ready for the postseason. Arkansas is about as hot of a team in the country right now. Nobody wants to play them. Nobody wants to face them. But there's a part of the people out there that still don't believe in them just yet. And that's okay. There's people that have looked at the things that you know, you've accomplished as a team and the great winning streak that you're on. They see that and they're like, that is cool. That is great. That is extremely uh, successful for the team of what they've done in the regular season. But this is year two of Eric Musselman. 
And this is Arkansas. Not to say that they can't get back and they can't be successful, but this is new. This is new to us. We have not seen this in a long time. We have not seen Eric Musselman at Arkansas for very long. We we have not seen Arkansas make it to the Sweet 16 in a very long time. Every single student at the University of Arkansas was not alive when Arkansas made the NCAA tournament. Like it's been that or made the Sweet 16. It's been that long. And so there's a lot of people that just don't believe it just yet. But that's okay. You don't have to have people on your side. You don't have to have people believe in you. You don't have to have people saying, well, the experts, that is, saying, well, Arkansas, you know, I, I think that they'll win it all this year. You don't need that. It's nice. It's fun. But you don't need it. You don't need it. All you need is you as a fan to have confidence in this team and this team and coaching staff to give you reason to be confident. Both of those things have happened. Arkansas is as good as any team right now in the country, and I mean that. Not to say that Gonzaga and Michigan and Illinois and Baylor are just the same level of talent or anything, because I think that those teams are extremely gifted, and their season this year has shown that. But could you beat them on a given night? 100% you could. That's what makes March Madness so great. But you got to take care of business in the SEC tournament first. If Jalen Williams isn't playing, uh, it's going to put a damper on everything and everything that's going on, and you may not be as confident, but even if he's out, you have confidence in this coaching staff to bounce back from it and to put it all together and at least be a team that is a force to be reckoned with in this conference tournament. But we'll wait and see, folks. It's going to be exciting, and I know that uh, we're going to have some fun on this podcast too. And fun fact, I'm going to be up in Indianapolis covering the NCAA tournament, so the podcast that I'll be recording will be live from the NCAA tournament. How exciting is that? Can't wait to do it, and I'll keep you updated on all that as well. We're going to talk some spring practice as well as some college football with Connor O'Gara on the other side of the break. First, we've been telling you about Built Bar, and it is the best-tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and amazing-tasting pro bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. They have so many different flavors to choose from in the tournament that's going to be going on. It's pretty phenomenal. So go to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And when you go there, be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's right. LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back and see who won today's matchup as far as the Built Bar Madness goes and who will become the best tasting protein bar in all the land. Spring practice is upon us, and we got a few things and a few interesting storylines coming out of Arkansas, and it's exciting time, not only for Arkansas, but for the rest of the SEC, and to talk more about it, let's go to the phone lines. Welcome in Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South, does a great job covering all things Razorbacks, and SEC, I should say more so, but also does a good job of covering and giving good opinions on Razorback football as well. So, Connor, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Good man, I'm doing really well. I'm, uh, you know, enjoying the madness. It's so weird that we didn't get this last year. It's crazy to think about being two years removed from all of this. You know, we we didn't necessarily have to miss out on college football, but it does really feel like we missed out on something last year with with college basketball. So just trying to soak in as much as possible. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And I know Razorback fans are excited about it. That that is for sure. But. Uh, spring football and, and the Razorbacks, I think there's also a level of excitement there because people feel good about Sam Pittman in Arkansas here in the state as far as moving forward and 
trying to be competitive not only in the SEC, but in their non-conference slate as well. And so when you look at Arkansas and knowing the players that have come back and the players that have left and the recruiting class and all of that, what would you say is is the biggest storyline or the thing you're most interested in in spring pack practice for the Razorbacks this year? How much does K.J. Jefferson really take this opportunity and run with it? Because I think the, the person who gets to run Kendall Bryles' offense is in really good shape. And, you know, we saw last year with Felipe Frank, some of the things that they had him doing with rolling out of the pocket, still being able to move downfield, the up-tempo offense. It's going to have success in the SEC. And I think that getting to see what K.J. got to do last year uh, at, at different points, I think was promising. And you see Sam Pittman already come out and say that he's the favorite in camp. You know, that that's what I'm really looking forward to. And then on the defensive side, you know, what's this defense going to do with all that production returning with an actual normal offseason, right? I mean, they didn't get that last year. This was such a work in progress, and I thought it was such a testament to Barry Odom that Arkansas was competitive and good on that side of the ball for as long as it was until, of course, those defensive line issues surfaced at the end of the year when they were having those depth problems but I'm interested in seeing those two things but yeah I mean it's all eyes on the quarterback that's how it usually is right oh yeah always well Connor you had a chance to talk to coach Pittman what were some of the takeaways from that you know what what I just talked about with with Barry Odom in, in coming back it's interesting to think about Barry Odom having those opportunities to leave. And I felt like as Arkansas was winning games last year, that was something that Arkansas fans were like, oh, man, does that, does that mean Barry Odom is, is going to leave? And, you know, Sam Pittman said in that interview that I had with him, he, Barry Odom stayed for less money. But he liked the fact that those negotiations took next to no time. It took a 15-minute conversation with administration and then the other time when they when he had his other extension earlier, it was a, a 15 minute walk with he, Sam Pittman, and you know, and Hunter Urechek. And I think that's that's what you like. You don't necessarily get caught up in in necessarily the raw numbers as much with Odom in year one. It was it wasn't ever going to be you know a top 30 defense or anything like that. But I think that that's such a great sign of things to come because. Arkansas took the cheaper route with a head coach. And Hunter Yerichek said before he hired Sam Pittman that the structure of buyouts and the way that that's all set up in this day and age in college football doesn't make sense. And everybody saw the way that Chad Morris got an eight-figure buyout despite the fact that he didn't win an SEC game. So as an Arkansas fan, you would probably look at that and go, oh, man, that's not good. That means he's going to be really cheap moving forward. But really what it's been is that he's been willing to help out in the right areas. Sam Pittman has understood the importance of being able to get that stuff done and to not let that linger. So I thought that was really interesting to kind of hear from him. And just hearing, you know, what many Arkansas fans have heard over the past year of how down to earth of a guy he is. When you have these conversations with him, he is such an easy guy to root for. That makes Arkansas, in my opinion, one of the easiest teams to root for if you're a neutral observer in the SEC. I realize there are very many neutral observers in the SEC, but this guy is building something that, that coaches and players want to stay at, and they don't necessarily have to. They could be guys that have better situations, like a Barry Odom, but they, they love what Sam Pittman has been able to build in a, in a very short time, and I think that that's what bodes well moving forward. And it's the fascinating thing about it, and I know that since he's been at Arkansas for a year, it's been talked about, but you know he's never really gotten an opportunity to coach at a major college football program until Arkansas came calling. Is it was it simply just the fact that he was an offensive line coach? Is that the only reason why people weren't giving him the chance or giving him the opportunities? Because 
how he's handled Arkansas and, and the coaches that he's hired and the recruiting that he's done and, and how he's trying to turn it around, to me, seems like every program's dream as far as programs trying to break through. Did it just take him that long, that long just because simply he was an offensive line coach and that's it? He liked his life. And that was the impression that I got was that he was content to just be an offensive line coach and he loved recruiting. He was not one of those guys who got sick of that time on the road. He truly appreciated that. And it shows with his track record, but I think he looked at this situation at Arkansas and said, that's a job that I would absolutely leave for. Now he hasn't necessarily been one that's always looking for that next opportunity. And, you know, the conversation that I had with him, he said how he turned down Alabama after Nick Saban came calling very soon after he got the gig with Arkansas, with Brett Bielema's staff, and it was his mom who said, hey, no son of mine leaves a job four weeks after getting it, and that's why he stayed at Arkansas the first time. But, you know, he's never really been that guy, but when the Arkansas position opened up and he saw, hey, this is a really good opportunity for me. I love the area. I know I could recruit the area, and this is a job that I have always wanted to have. He said when he was an assistant, it was the best job that he's ever had in his career. And he truly appreciated his time there. And I think that that's what really appealed to him. But yeah, when you look at what he's done, he looks like someone who has just absorbed every possible thing. And I was making the coach O comparison to him kind of early on, that that was kind of what they were hoping, that he was going to be the right type of administrator and he was going to be, yes, it's cliche, but a leader of men. And it doesn't necessarily come down to, oh, how much experience does he have calling plays? How much experience does he have running this program or that program? He's a guy who just gets people. He understands people. He understands how to treat top talent. He understands kids. Kids like playing for him. Coaches like playing for him. And I think that when you have those things working in your favor with Arkansas fan base, it's a pretty good combination. Barry Odom sticking around was key. And um, you mentioned how the players like playing for him. Coaches like coaching for him. Were you able to discuss some of the coaching changes on the staff? No, I didn't really get into that as much. And, you know, he, he said pretty much, you know, the guys that he, the guys that, that weren't able to stay, those were departures and guys who had better opportunities. And that's, that's a good sign. I, I think it's a good sign when you're retaining your coordinators. And I think that Arkansas is set up to do that year after year. Like, I, I don't think Gary Odom's going anywhere. You know, that, that's the thing is that the, the structure and the way that those, those contracts now work for top-tier assistants are, it's just so much different, and the money is so much more comparable to what a group of five head coach is getting. And since that 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 sort of bridge has been narrowed, I think that that really bodes well. And I think that it would take Barry Odom getting a power five head coaching job, which, to be honest, I don't know when that opportunity is going to come with the way that things kind of ended at Mizzou. I think that's what it would take in order for him to leave Arkansas. I don't necessarily think he would leave for a group of five head coaching job. I think that they're in a position where they can continue to keep giving him raises and having the administration and having Hunter Yurichek sign off on that obviously bodes really well for them and in, in, in being able to retain those those other members of their staff that they find important as well. Speaking with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South on the Cartridge World Hotline here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. Connor, we know that there's a long time before the season arrives, but as all the positivity that Razorback fans feel and a lot of people are talking about Sam Pittman and the, the potential that they have, they got a pretty brutal schedule this upcoming season. Of course, playing the SEC West uh, always has a part of that, but they got to go on the road to Georgia this year. They got Texas coming to town. It, it's going to be a, a really tough task for them. But where do you feel like Arkansas at this point in time stacks up with the rest of the SEC West? Because we know that Ole Miss, 
They were able to beat him last year, but Lane Kiffin's got some good things going. Mike Leach, we don't really know the steps that he's going to take. Uh, you got Auburn with a new coach. So where do you feel like Arkansas stacks up as far as the rest of the SEC West at this point in time? So I think that there is so much parity in the West this year. So, so much. And it might not be a 2014 repeat in the SEC West, but it could feel like that at certain points. And it wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas was one of those teams that in a given week, you're like, hey, this team, why isn't this team in the top 25 yet? It absolutely should be. And then a week later, you're like, oh, yeah, the SEC West is brutal, and they get one of those reminders. I think it's going to be a very tough division to be able to sustain some of these winning streaks in, even for you know Texas A&M, who could start off in the top 10 in the preseason, which I would expect them to. But the good news is that I feel like there are a lot of those spots are sort of up for grabs. And I think a lot of the teams that you would have looked at in years past like an Auburn, like an LSU, and said that, uh, that, that Arkansas is just not on the same level as them. That has totally changed. And I understand LSU's got a lot returning, but I look at the, that, the way that the schedule sets up, and I actually broke it down this morning, and there's definitely a scenario in which Arkansas is just kind of competing for that sixth win in the Mizzou game, right? And I think that Arkansas fans, if you were to get to seven wins and more than double that, that year one win total, I think you'd be feeling pretty good. A lot of that would depend probably on what they can do in that Texas game. But, you know, Mississippi State, Auburn, Mizzou, those are the three games that I look at for Arkansas and say, yes, those are games that they should absolutely win. You know, the Ole Miss one, I'm a little bit higher on Ole Miss, I think, than the general public. And I think that defense should be improved. But this is a team that's going to be able to play with pretty much everyone in the division, I think. And I don't necessarily think this is one of those scenarios where we're going to see three or four teams blow out Arkansas. I think those days are gone. So here covering Arkansas, we feel like they benefited from a lot of returning players. What are some other teams you feel like may have benefited most from players returning? The Georgia offense is the one, if we're looking outside of the division and just in the SEC, the Georgia offense is as intriguing as a unit as there is probably in the league, given what what they're returning with JT Daniels, Samir White, George Pickens. Kyrus Jackson, all those guys. I mean, it's going to be a fun group to watch, and, and the way that they're going to stretch the field with Todd Munkin, that's, that, that has me definitely curious. But Texas A&M, I think it's like 11 of the 12 guys who caught a pass last year are back, in addition to a three-headed backfield attack that is just as good as there is in all of college football with Isaiah Spiller, Devon A. Chain, and Anaya Smith, who's just all sorts of underrated. So, I look at those groups, and I think that that's really promising. LSU has so much back. I mean, I realize that they've lost a lot over the last year-plus now, going back to when they won the national championship, and losing a Terrace Marshall, not an easy thing. But they're a team that if Miles Brennan can stay healthy and win that job against Max Johnson, I'm all of a sudden way more intrigued about LSU and what they have with Keyshawn Butte. But you know, it's going to be a, it feels like a changing of the guard a bit in the SEC to a certain extent. The backs that are coming back, that are returning this year are special, and it's super, super deep at that position. But I feel like a quarterback and receiver, you can kind of go a bit all over the place. For my money, Traylon Burks, best receiver returning in the conference. I've said that before. I'll say that up until the day the season starts. But I think, you know, you look at some of the, some of the potential position turnover, and I think it gets really interesting. And there are a ton of groups that you feel super, super confident in heading into the year. 
We'll continue our discussion with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here in just a second. But first, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. College basketball is in full swing, especially with postseason play, as well as the NHL going on. And the thing about betonline.ag is it's real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. So head over to the website of betonline.ag. You can use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive 50% off your welcome to bonus, the bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's right, 50% off your welcome to bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Just use that promo code Locked On at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I do want to switch gears a little bit with you, Connor, because this is technically outside the SEC, but still has some SEC ties. And that was the crazy story that's happened over the past few days with Les Miles and also Jeff Long up at Kansas. Les Miles, of course, being former LSU coach and Jeff Long being the former Arkansas athletic director. Crazy story, crazy saga. Uh, It seemed like a lot of people felt like this was kind of doomed from the start because it seemed like there was a lot of uh, problems over the Coach Beatty uh, firing that was happening up at Kansas, too. What did you make of this entire story, and what do you make of going forward, not only for Kansas, but these two individuals that were involved in this scandal? You know, if you went to a, a landfill and looked out at, at, at just the, the messiest site you could possibly see, that's pretty much what happened with, with Les Miles and Jeff Long. I mean, that that is just an absolute mess in every way, shape, and form from the lack of vetting, or maybe if there was overlooking by Jeff Long to just go back and hire his buddy that he knew from his days at Michigan. Terrible look on his part, especially after the Joe Oliva email comes out where Joe Oliva actually recommended to the LSU president and said, hey, you know, we need to fire Les Miles with cause. And this is definitely not something that we want to have come out years from now and then have to justify why we protected him. Jeff Long could have simply called up Joe Oliva, one would think, and gotten that side of the story and not necessarily made that investment in less miles. But man, this whole thing is just a mess. And it makes me sick as, as a fan of college football to know that less miles was protected. And that for years after this happened, after this internal investigation, which the Taylor Porter law firm, you know, uncovered and this ultimately came to light because of less miles that it, it makes me sick thinking about what he was portrayed as for those two to three years afterwards. And, you know, the image that he created for himself as Uncle Les, that he eats grass and he does the Dos Equis commercials. And, you know, little did we know the human being that was behind all of those things. So it's troubling to look at. I know that Arkansas fans are looking at this situation right now and just thanking their lucky stars that Hunter Juracek is in charge and not Jeff Long. How was this information withheld outside LSU for this law? So it was withheld because all parties involved had agreed to that. And it was something where it, it, the victims the victims themselves, they, they didn't want this to, to go public and have their names come out yet without, you know, the, necessarily the lawsuit. Now, there was a settlement with one of the female student-athletes who accused Les Miles of sexual harassment. Now, why does this not come out? Well, it, it doesn't come out because... Taylor Porter, their findings, they said at the end of this, they said, we don't necessarily think this is grounds for removal, but there's a clause in Les Miles' contract in which it basically, long story short, says you have to uphold the standards of the university and anything that would prevent you from being able to do this and your reputation in the public, you know, that that would violate the contract. Well, 
this 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 whole investigation didn't go public for eight years. So how is the public supposed to criticize Les Miles and prevent him from doing his job if the public never knows about it? So that's that's the issue. And why this was kept under wraps was because LSU made sure it was. And LSU made sure that they had people on their board of, of advisors that, that weren't going to release this information. And they didn't tell colleagues. I mean, this, this did not see the light of day. And that's the part that really makes you worried that they protected someone in that spot and that this did stay so secret for such a long time. I mean, this is a, a public university employee, albeit a very famous and rich one. But still, that, that is just the part that you look back on and say, Joe Oliva was right. This is a bad look at the end of it because it was a cover-up that, that allowed for this to happen for so long. Yeah, the, th- the crazy thing that I know people in Arkansas have been interested in about the Jeff Long angle is it seemed like almost at least a lot of his hires, not only in Arkansas but now in Kansas, always had some sort of scandal or some sort of epic failure to it that that just makes you wonder what is it coincidence or is there something that happened obviously we know the Bobby Petrino situation uh we know the ending of the Brett Bielma situation where he refused to fire Brett Bielma so they just fired him uh you know we had the Jimmy Dyke situation in women's basketball at Arkansas and now this Les Miles thing it just seems like uh he's a guy that has had some major screw-ups but it just is it a coincidence that he's had these problems or is there something to it to where he doesn't properly vet or properly hire these coaches based on things that actually matter, like winning and also being respectable as human beings. Well, I mean, let's let's think about this. Jeff Long, you can look at that track record and say he loves him a splashy head coaching hire. I mean, there's no mistake about it. You get Bobby Petrino from the Atlanta Falcons. You get Brett Bielema from Wisconsin. You get Les Miles, a former national championship winning coach. It's clear he likes the splash, and he's willing to overlook certain issues that one might have. Now, obviously, the Petrino stuff, that comes out where he apparently was lying to Long about his relationship with it, it with, with the student-athlete, of course, the motorcycle incident. But it is strange to think, oh, this guy hired two football coaches who had later had issues come out related to sexual misconduct with student female employees. And he had to fire those coaches in the spring. That's a very, very specific group. And it's very odd that that has happened. Now, when you look at this situation with Les Miles, you could point to the fact that Jeff Long didn't have a search firm. And he made this hire himself. And he hired someone who had been on the market and was there and wasn't getting hired by anyone else. And he made that decision. And you know what? If you're going to be an athletic director that's going to do that, you're going to live and die by that. As much as we make fun of these high-priced search firms, in a case like this, it probably would have helped Jeff Long because that responsibility wouldn't have come back to him in the same sort of way. But, man, you're right. It's, it's a bizarre thing to think about, and I think it kind of goes back to just wanting the splashy hires and not necessarily going for who's the right hire, and that's the, the mistake that has ultimately been a downfall. Well, Connor, we appreciate you joining us, man. I know it's exciting times in spring football to get it going, and I know you guys do a great job over there at Saturday Down South. Enjoyed it. Have a great one, man, and I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 